Hello, and welcome to the Zero to Hired podcast, the show that helps struggling job seekers find a career that's right for you. In every episode, we have one mission, to provide you with unique tips and strategies from leading industry experts that will get you in front of hiring managers. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Zero to Hired podcast. My name is John Ribeiro, and our special guest on this episode is Chris Harper. Chris Harper is a recruiter. She works in the telecom field. She focuses primarily on the customer service space, and she hires thousands of people a year. So if anybody's going to give you insight into the recruiting process, Chris Harper is the person to do that. And I'm very excited to have her on our show. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you. Really happy to be here. So I want to get right into this because there's a lot of questions from our candidates on what they need specifically to get noticed by recruiters. Mm -hmm. And we know, and what I've read, both Connell and I have read, that a recruiter will spend anywhere from 10 to 15 seconds previewing a resume Mm -hmm. uh, before they make an actual selection. So first of all, is it true? And if it is true, what are you looking for specifically in the resume that's going to help that candidate stand out? So generally, yes, it is true. I think whether you're looking at someone on paper or whether you're looking at someone you've met in person, those first 10 to 15 seconds are what's going to be critical to help you make that first assessment. When we're looking at paper, I think what's important is to understand your job description, your core responsibilities in that job description, and we're immediately looking to see that on your first page. So bullet points, really clear. I have the capabilities that you're looking for rather than burying them in responsibilities on a second page or further down in your resume is really important. Okay. So does it make a difference between paper and digital? So if you're, if I know today a lot of applicants apply through an application, uh, application tracking system, which mm-hmm. is an ETS. What makes, like, what, is there a difference between the two systems? Yeah, there is. So paper, we usually don't actually see anymore. If you're okay. mailing us a resume, it's going to get lost um, in terms of mail systems in the organizations. It just doesn't reach us as a recruiter. When you look at receiving an email resume, being able to open it in Word or PDF, you get a full page layout. When you're looking at a resume that might be embedded within an ATS, you're really seeing the top half of your page before the recruiter is then having to scroll down to see the rest of the content. Okay, so it's, it's key and it's, it's very important to have your most relevant information at the top so this is good. So what else makes, so once you've spent that, you know, you've done your initial quick scan, yeah. what do you look for next? Uh, usually we'll look for the companies. So we'll look at the companies that you've worked at. We'll also take a look at the time that you've been at those organizations. Very short periods of time are fine as long as it's a contract and it's highlighted as a contract. One of the concerns is if you've jumped from company to company, maybe three or six months in each organization and there's not a call out that it's a contract role, that's typically an indicator that maybe this person hasn't found the right organization or there could have been performance issues. So we're going to look for a length of tenure as well as the organizations. Mm. So so this is good. So And I know, and some people might be wondering, but what if there's a gap, right? So especially those that are transitioning from outside yeah. of Canada into Canada and they, they, they left the position because they were making a transition or they, there's a life yeah. There's a life situation that happens to them that causes them not to work, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of uh, an elderly family member or uh, for whatever reason. So how would a candidate speak to that then? 
Yeah, it's a great call out. I think back to when I came to Canada, I actually called out. I had a six-month break in my resume, and I myself was panicked about it, coming to a new country, wondering what that would look like from an applicant standpoint, and being a recruiter, obviously knowing my field, I called it out on my resume to say that there was a six-month break. And I just literally had the dates that I was vacant and said that I was immigrating to Canada. Mm -hmm. If you're having a life event, if you are looking after an elderly parent or you're raising a child or a family, there's a way to embed that in your resume that calls out, I know there's a gap here and here's what I was doing. If you leave mm -hmm. that gap without any information, the recruiter will ask you about it in the interview. It won't make us think, oh, okay, you're not a viable candidate. As long as you've got the skills and the right background, we'll still call you. And we'll want to understand what that gap was. So that's great. So I, I so I love that. So you really go into the specifics of, you know, how to address the gap. Because I know it is. It's an issue for especially a lot of new Canadians yeah. that are making the switch. And through that switch, you know, they have to leave their jobs so they can make time to look for a job here in Canada. Yeah. And, you know, really focusing on the job market in the Canadian market. Mm -hmm. So that's great. So once you've gone through the resume, I know one of the other steps involved with before you bring a candidate into the office for an actual interview mm -hmm. is a phone scan, Yes, a phone interview. So what are some of the things that you've seen that have made candidates really successful in the phone interview? It's a great question. Um, I sometimes think it's easy to, to identify what not to do. Okay, then so what then, to do. yeah, then we can definitely speak on what not to what do. What not to do. Okay, um, so if I think about some of the stumbling blocks that we see traditionally with that first phone interview, um, people can get very excited. It's your first opportunity to speak about the role that you want to get into. You can prepare for it and mentally think about how you fit into that position. If you come into that conversation really structured and with an agenda of what you want to share, and you share that agenda without listening to your recruiter and the questions they're asking, that is probably one of the first reasons why people are declined. Mm. So it's not an engaged conversation. You're not actually giving the recruiter what they're looking for. Sorry. Sometimes I think the recruiter has an agenda. Okay. I have a role. I need you to tick these six boxes for me. I know you've done a lot of really wonderful things in your career, but I have 30 minutes and I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to ask you questions about the six things that I need, and that's it. So giving the recruiter the information that they are asking for is really impactful. Talking about everything that you've done in your career in answer to the first question that a recruitment might ask, it's not going to be a great start to the interview. So be very thoughtful about the information you're sharing in response to your questions. Okay, so this is great. So I, I just want to dig in a little bit because I'm thinking as a candidate, Mm -hmm. What you said, there's six check boxes. I know you used it as an example. Yeah. But what would be some of the specific things that you would look for or ask for in that phone interview to make sure that they were qualified for the role? Okay. So are we going to take a service-based role? We can take a service-based role. Yes. Okay. So as an example, there, um, one of the very first things that we're going to look for is an understanding of what service means within the Canadian landscape. So it means different things in different countries. If I take an example from Japanese culture, it's very, very different to what you would look for in Canada. It's very much about delivering on that experience or delivering on that ask. There's not a lot of questions or pushback. If I think about the Canadian culture within a retail store from a service perspective, it's an engaged conversation around, you've told me you want X. I actually think I need to ask you some questions because it might not be the right solution that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a consultative 
conversation rather than a one directional conversation. Okay. So, so that's great. So what else would you look for or how would you, what would you want from a candidate to close that type of conversation successfully? Like what would they need to do to really impress you in terms of ensuring you that they're the right person for that role? Mm -hmm. So understanding of service, really clear communication skills, the ability to understand the question and tailor your information and your answer to that question, the ability to manage the conversation well. So if I'm not understanding what you're sharing, feel free to stop me and redirect that conversation so that you're participating as much as I am. Okay. So then what would you recommend on preparation from a candidate's perspective? Because I'm thinking you could ask me a million questions. I don't know which ones you're going to ask me. Mm -hmm. So how would you suggest that a candidate prepare effectively for that? That's a great question. I find candidates, when they're in unfamiliar situations, can tend to prepare. What question am I going to ask? And they come with a pre-prepared question. My recommendation, and you'll probably get a different answer from other recruiters, Mm -hmm. But my recommendation is don't think about the questions that you're going to ask, be asked. Think about your experience. What makes you unique? What is it that you bring to the table? And why are you interested in this position? If you understand that, that's critical. Yeah. Actually, and this is really interesting. I was listening to a hiring manager on Monday night talk about how he selected members for his team. And he had... 160 applicants, he filtered out those applicants to 40, and he was able to filter from 40 to, to 5 mm-hmm. by asking that one question, why are you interested in this role? Yeah. And he found that a lot of people who do the machine gun mm-hmm. type of uh, approach to hiring to jobs, they're not specified, because they would answer the phone with, which company is this? Yeah. Right. And as soon as you do that, I know you've lost the ability. Like, it, like your chances, they're gone. Like, you, <laughs> if a recruiter even stays on the phone with you after you respond like that, consider yourself really lucky. Yeah. But it really, the conversation ends right there because it's showing that you're you're not targeted in your approach. And it's one of the things that Connell and I both talk about all the time is making sure that you focus your resume and your job application for the specific organization. Yeah. So, yeah, and you've definitely touched on some really great points. Um, if there was one other thing that they could do in a phone interview mm-hmm. to make them stand out, what would be, like, your final thought around that? Come with questions that are actually about the position and the company that you're applying for. So be thoughtful in the questions that you're asking. Um, please don't lead with salary. Oh, yes. Actually, this is a big question that we get all the time. Yeah. So, so just to make it clear for everybody who's listening in, salary is not one of the questions you're going to cover. I think you can cover it, but don't let it be your first question. Okay. I think what's important, if you think about what a recruiter is looking for, they're looking for somebody who wants to do that position and wants to work for your company. If you're given a chance to ask questions there's some critical opportunity there for you to show I'm interested in your company by the questions you ask. If the first question you're asking is about the compensation, that tells us that that's the most critical piece for you is money. You don't always want to lead with that. If you want the position to work in the company because of career growth or because it's a great opportunity that aligns with your background, lead with a question that will reinforce the fact I'm right for this role and I want to make sure that this is the right position for me. 
Because that choice goes both ways. It's not just about the company selecting the candidate. Yes. No, absolutely. And it's one of the things that we talk about as well is making sure that the company is a fit for you in terms of your values, in terms of uh, the overall mission of what you're trying to accomplish and how Mm -hmm. you are going to walk out at the end of the day feeling working for that organization. That to me... And, and, and I think a lot of candidates forget that it's, it's, a, it's a two-way, it's a relationship, right? You're, yeah. you're building a relationship with that organization, and you've got to make sure that it's beneficial for both. So, so Chris, you, you've definitely covered on some great points. I like this. So we've covered, you know, the initial resume. We've covered uh, the initial phone screen. And we're going to take a quick break. And we're, when we come back, we're going to talk about how to look at the resume or how to look at the interview process specifically. So... Thanks. So just uh, we'll be right back. Are you planning to move to Canada and concerned about how you will find your first job? Maybe you're already here and struggling to get that big break. As a newcomer to Canada myself, I knew the best time to be prepared for a job search is before I needed the job. My name is Connell Valentine and I'll be your online course instructor helping you get the job soon after and maybe even before you land in Canada. I'll be sharing my screen while helping you build your brand new Canadian resume that will delight recruiters. We will create a direct email marketing campaign to hiring managers that will make you stand out from your competition. We will then be doing a demo of a real online job application, showing you the precise steps you need to follow to quadruple your chances at getting the job interview. And finally, to get the inside info on the vast majority of the hidden job market, I'll show you how real networking is done in Canada. The average salary in Canada is well over $200 per day. Don't waste any more time and money being unemployed while trying to find the right way to job search. Get lifetime access to these courses at the link in the show notes below at courses dot zero to hired dot com use it to get your first job fast and to get your promotional jobs in your future welcome back everybody today i am sitting with chris harper and we are talking about how to get through the interview process from a recruiter's perspective in the service industry and i'm really excited about speaking with chris because a chris is a new canadian you're you're relatively new in canada so she she has that perspective of what it's like for new canadians to be able to successfully navigate the recruiting process to become successful candidates. So when we, when we left off, we were talking about phone screens, and now I wanna talk about what do we do with candidates that are now in the room, and how do they become successful? So what are some of the things that they need to do to, to really stand out? Because if you're bringing, and I know there's, you know, in our conversations, you've talked about different models of mm-hmm. interviewing. I don't know how much you wanna reveal, but uh, you definitely have a unique perspective on how you filter out candidates for the role. Mm-hmm. So now that you have a candidate in the room, what's one of the first things that you look for in that candidate? For me, it's going to be the way that they engage with me in a, from a conversation. Are they meeting my eyes? Are they confident in the conversation? Are they comfortable in the room and speaking with me? Confidence for me is number one. Because if you sit down and you're confident and you're calm... I know that we're going to have a great conversation. If you're overly nervous, I think sometimes it can hinder your ability to actually share your skill sets. And the recruiter will spend the first 20 minutes of that interview trying to bed you down and calm you. 
rather than actually learning about your background and skills. So you're missing an opportunity to help them get to know you because of that nervousness that will may enter into the interview. So if I'm hearing you right, you're saying it takes about 20 minutes for a candidate to get comfortable in the room. Usually if they come in and they're quite nervous, it depends on the candidate and how nervous they are. But if I think back to people who I've met with coming in for those service roles, typically they're not engaging with people face to face. So their skills and their capabilities are about conveying information over the phone mm -hmm. or through a chat vehicle. The fact that they're sitting in front of someone can be a little nerve-wracking. I still get nervous when I'm on the other side of the table. It's natural. Yes. Um, so as a recruiter, when I'm thinking about trying to bed someone down, I'm going to talk about generals. I'm going to talk about the weather, talk about the fact that they're new to Canada, find a bonding moment. It takes about 20 minutes. Wow. So if so you're thinking about a 30-minute interview... That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, and one of the things that, you know, we covered is really getting to know the person you're interviewing with yeah. and using LinkedIn. And we're very big on using LinkedIn to make that connection mm -hmm. or to find that common area where you can have a, an initial conversation. We even talk about, and I don't know if you're a big fan of this, but I know there's wasted time from the time you pick up somebody at the front door and you bring them into a room for an interview. Mm -hmm. That's an opportunity for a candidate to really start getting personal or, yeah. or asking or creating conversation with something that's viable, mm -hmm. something that's maybe listed on your profile. Yeah. So I, you know, and because we do have a pretty large international audience, language skills, speaking mm -hmm. English, you know, that in itself will make candidates uncomfortable or nervous. Yeah. As a recruiter, does that matter to you? No. When I think about the level of importance around language becoming the reason for someone being nervous, for me that, that doesn't even reach. If I see that somebody's nervous and it's impacting their language capability because maybe it's English is a second language for them, that to me isn't my assessment of your capability in English. That just tells me I need to help you become comfortable in this scenario and your skills will then shine. Okay. So then what would you recommend for a new Canadian whose language is, where English is not their first language? Mm -hmm. What would be some of the recommendations that you would give to a person like that in becoming more comfortable having a conversation with somebody like yourself? Mm -hmm. I think practice. So socialization, just whenever you meet new people, sharing about your background and your history. If you have a really close friend that you're uh, comfortable sharing with, mm -hmm. having them ask you questions. Um, and just getting used to having to answer that or even just reaching out to a recruiter and seeing if you can network with them. I will sit down with people who reach out to me and just say, hey, I'm new to Canada, not really sure what I'm doing. A lot of recruiters will want to do career coaching. Our job is about vetting talent. We don't get a lot of opportunity to do career coaching. Mm -hmm. Recruiters will actually sit down and have coffee with candidates just to get to know them and to help them understand the lay of the land. Wow. So if you can find somebody and reach out to them via LinkedIn, which I think is a fantastic tool, see if they're open to helping you understand their organization and how you might fit within it. So this is good because I want to expand and I want to dig a little bit deeper. Okay. So somebody who's a new Canadian is reaching out to a recruiter through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And so what would be some of the do's and don'ts when you're trying to engage somebody? I know for sure don't ask them for a job. That's not the right approach. <laughs> Sure. Uh, but what else would be do's and don'ts around somebody reaching out to a recruiter just to get a lay of the land? Okay. So my recommendation is be short and to the point. Be very clear that you're not looking at a specific job. I'm interested in your organization. See a great career in that organization. Um, help me understand what that career path might look like. I'd love to just network with you. So it's about being succinct in what you want out of that conversation mm -hmm. rather than, hey, I want to apply for a job, or can you find me a job? Yeah. 
Yeah. That and and I would I would guess you get hundreds of those type of requests. We do. Hey, can you give me a job? And what do you do with those requests? I flip them to people in the organization. Oh, you who do that. Might actually reach out to them. I will. Oh wow. I don't necessarily think every recruiter will reach back out. Mm-hmm. But what I get from LinkedIn is a volume. Like I'll receive twenty to thirty people a day reaching out saying, "Hey, can you find me a job?" I'll always look at what their background is and flip it to the relevant recruiter in the organization. What they choose to do with it then is up to them as a recruiter. If it's somebody that could be a fit for my team, I'm always going to reply back and say, hey, let's have a coffee or hey, let's set a call and have a a 15 or a 20 minute conversation. But again, it's going to be very different based on each recruiter and how they respond to that. Yeah. So this is fantastic. And, And this gives a lot of hope. For those people that are looking to network with people on LinkedIn, yeah. knowing that there are recruiters like Chris who are taking your resume and forwarding it to other parts of the organization is wow. Yeah. So that's that's like a big secret. I, I like that. <laughs> so we're sharing some really good information here. Um, but is there anything specific? So is there any reason why you would not forward a request? Yeah, there are times where... Um, people will reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn, and then they just send me a resume. Without any Without any context. Okay. Um, there's not a lot I can do with that. I can look at you and understand what a skill set is, but what I think you might fit in the organization is a career maybe that you don't want. So I'm not going to make an assumption based on what I see in a resume. So definitely what you want as a candidate and what you want to do and what I'm hearing from Chris is you want to make sure that you customize your message. Yeah. Uh, don't just, and actually Connell and I see this all the time where people just send us an email with an attached resume and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. It, it usually goes right into the, the delete bin or to the recycle bin because really I don't have time to scan it at that point, right? <laughs> so, so this is fantastic. Um, so once a candidate is in and they've gone through the process and they've been successful, is there anything or one thing that makes a candidate more successful than another? In which stage of the process? In the interview for in the inter- In the actual interview. Or is there anything, and actually I want to dig into this. Okay. Is there anything in the interview itself that would, so, and I've seen this where people have really good conversation throughout, mm-hmm. and then they say something that completely turns you off, right? Yeah, for me it's always going to be circling back just on comp. So to, to, to money, compensation. Yeah. So, so, so a candidate can have a really good conversation up until the point of compensation. So, so when would be an appropriate time to ask that question? Um, and I think it's an important question, but it is the one area that will immediately derail a recruiter and a hiring manager. So being thoughtful about the placement is really important. If we go back to when we were talking about those questions that you can ask, mm-hmm. ask questions about the role or... Um, the organization, or even the leader in their style, at the end of that conversation, it's appropriate to ask about compensation. If you have a great recruiter or a great hiring manager, they'll share it. You won't have to ask for it. But if they haven't mentioned it and it's important, usually it's okay to just sit down and say, you know what, I think this is a really great opportunity. I'm really interested in in the role. Can you help me understand what the compensation is? So, and when we speak about compensation, does a recruiter typically speak in terms of range or do they talk about a specific compensation? Depends on the recruiter and the role. Okay. Most recruiters are comfortable speaking in a range because we don't know where the hiring manager would equate that skill set with a quality within their team. 
Um, when we do think about some positions that are volume recruits, so call center agents, retail staff, our field sales technicians, they have a very specific base. You come in all at the same base because we're hiring in classes. So everyone's okay. equitable. And then based on performance, your rage will, make, will move over time. I know you mentioned we're, we're coming near, we're coming to the end of our podcast now. Sure. Uh, if, is there any single one thing that you'd want to leave with our audience in terms of, you know, this is what you really need to do to be, to, to really stand out? Because I know today, mm-hmm. depending on the role, you might have 190 people or 300 people applying for roles. Mm-hmm. Is there one piece of advice that you would definitely want to leave with our audience in terms of how to be successful, especially in the career, in the customer service field? Yeah. Um, and I think that's being thoughtful in your applications. So don't apply for every position mm-hmm. on the website. And when you find the one that you're really interested in, tailor your resume and your application to reflect the skills they're looking for. The closer the match between your resume and the skills required in the role, the more likely it is that you would move through to a pre-screen or an interview. Perfect. Excellent. Chris, I know you also talked about if, you know, you're very big on helping people and you're open to connecting with people. So what would be the best way for people listening to our podcast to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I would recommend reaching out via LinkedIn and just dropping me a quick note to say hi. And I'm more than happy to connect you with either my team or to help you with myself. Excellent. And I will make sure that as part of our notes that I include uh, Chris's link in our show notes so you can go directly from there. But it's Chris Harper, and we'll make sure that uh, we're very clear in terms of where the link goes back. Thank you again for your time today. Thank you for being part of our podcast. I know the information is going to be invaluable for the candidates that are going through the process. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Chris. I I greatly appreciate it. You are most welcome. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. That is it for this episode of the Zero to Hired podcast. Thank you for listening in, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Zero to Hired podcast. Make sure you check out our website, www.zerotohired.com and download your free resume template that's proven to get results, complete with examples and guidelines. Make sure you tune in as we interview leading industry experts who provide tips and strategies to help you get the career that's right for you.